because I, I want to get back into this, into a good cadence and rebuild some content. I missed recording with y'all. I yeah. missed it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I feel like this is a good balance of edutainment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got to cut that part out, Robert. I'll definitely cut all of this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry. My audio editing scalpel is liberal. <laughs> all right. We'll do Nine Lies wrap up Thursday. So I'll be ready to talk about that. Hey, do you, Robert, do you still like doing the audio engineering? Have you thought about outsourcing that or no? Yeah. Yes and yes. Yes, I like it. It's really my only creative hobby. Mm. And yes, I've thought about outsourcing it. It doesn't take a ton of time now that I have it all figured out. I would not want to edit other people's stuff, though. Today, we're just stretching our legs, getting back into the swing of things. First, I want to hear about y'all's PTO. How'd it go? Do you feel recharged? Did you take it at the right time? I I certainly feel recharged. I've, I've had two vacation times so far and did a lot, but spread it out like throughout the week. And so I never really felt rushed. Actually, I take it back. I draw a very distinct line between family trips and vacations. And so I took time off for family trips. Next week, I have a vacation. I spread out all the different activities for the family trips to where I don't feel like I need a vacation from the family trip. That's a common theme that I hear from people. Oh, I spent the weekend with my family and I'm now worn out and now I have to go back to work. Just take an extra day to yourself after that and avoid that yeah. stuff. Or and it also on the same note, if you have trouble unplugging from a vacation, if you find yourself checking email, things like that, if you can add a few days ahead of time to help ease into a vacation so it's not like a light switch. One day you're 100% engaged yeah. at work and the next day you're supposed to shut all that off. Mm. That's, you know, putting some buffer on either end I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, totally agree. But I, I didn't feel like I really needed time off, but I certainly enjoyed it when I took it. You know, I haven't really taken a vacation since a couple of months ago when I went to California. So I just, I had a regular three three day weekend but i i'm planning for an extended time away from work which i'm I'm very excited about last time i did an extended time away from work was summer of 2017 so that's four years ago and that was pretty great pretty life-changing actually so that was three months off so i'm taking two months off this time and i'm just i'm really excited because last time when i came back i had a kind of renewed perspective renewed energy tried a bunch of new stuff, started to have better outcomes at work and personally. And uh, so that time away just really helped me. I think this time around is going to be pretty similar. I just took two weeks off. Uh, so the first week was just unwinding. I had a few things I need to get done around the house. The thing I struggle with is definitely winding down into vacation. Uh, and then the family and I went to Galveston with, so it was me, Diana, the two kids, Diana's brother, his fiance and my in-laws, mother-in-law, father-in-law. And so we rented a house in Galveston and spent the week there. It was a lot of fun. Kids are old enough now. They travel really well. It was a great way to disconnect, unwind. And uh, I deleted all the email apps off my phone and you know things like that. So I was relatively uninterrupted, which was nice. Hey, so the email app thing, deleting it, is that because if it's there, you will check it? Or yeah. So really, so you... Do you have notifications on for email apps? Like every time you get an no. email, you get a notification? No, I turn 
all of my notifications off for almost everything on my laptop and phone. I have do not disturb set for numbers that I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it just go straight to voicemail. That so what some of them when will... I try to call you earlier today? Yeah. Do you not have me on the phone? No, I saw I missed a call from you. <laughs> no, I was in a meeting. <laughs> he actively I, Well, I think it. I was actually meeting with Igor. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hold on, I'm doing nothing. And then you're he's on my, like, you're on my block the... list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually have a, and I Charles, have a very, ugh. have a very healthy blocked <laughs> numbers list, which you are not on, Charles. Oh, uh, sure. You're yeah. actually in my favorites. Allegedly. You're in my favorites. So favorites. Yeah. That's uh, not even a category. Yeah. I pulled, I sort of instinctively pull the phone out and check my email. So what I did also is I, I used the pocket app for reading articles and I had already queued up a bunch of stuff I wanted to read. And I would either leave my phone. I tried to leave my phone like in the room and just have my Kindle with me, which was nice. But also I put the pocket sort of app icon where my email was. And so if I ever pulled out my phone, I think it happened a couple of times. Where And I would just pull it out and instinctively go to where the email app was. I would see Pocket and I would try to read. as purely because of a lack of self-control. I turned my phone into a dumb phone. I, I probably have 10 or 15 apps on there now. No Infinity apps. I'll slowly add some back over time. But it's really easy to add apps back after you delete them. But there's some friction. And so like in the moment, it kind of short circuits the impulse, hmm. which is hmm. nice. But you didn't want to go all the way and... Just leave your phone at home sort of thing? I left my laptop at home. And so there's really no work I could have done. I have an iPad, but I don't really have a lot of work stuff on it. It's sort of more of like a media device. There weren't really a lot of opportunities to engage with work unless I had to sit down and connect to the Wi-Fi and get uh, all my apps re-downloaded and everything. And so there was enough friction to where that that didn't happen. And I didn't re- really feel like I needed to. Yeah. But it was good. I, I felt more present. Yeah. That's good. Igor, do you turn off notifications for all of your apps on your phone? Yeah. Yeah. There, I did that a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it's actually one of the things that I did after my first sabbatical in 2017. When I came back, I deleted the Instagram app off my phone and the Facebook app. I never really used Twitter. And I turned all my notifications off, except for like phone calls and stuff like that. But you know, nobody really calls me. Unless they need to, so except me, yeah, I just call you for the heck of it. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> That's true. You're on a special. You, list you and Charles are on my rotating list of when I'm in the car. <laughs> I just want to chat. You're, you're on my special list, and it's <laughs> great not having notifications and uh, not being bothered by interrupted by stuff. I'm just like Robert, though. I don't have as good a self control as I want, and so I don't delete them but I put them in a folder, if Mm. that makes sense. And so I put Slack and email, Outlook, in a folder. uh, So I just don't have it on my homepage. And it's harder to get to. Yeah, Yeah, that wouldn't be enough for me. If if that works, sometimes just that little bit of friction. I just forget what folder it's in. Like, it's just, it's not staring at me every time I open up my my homepage. You know, that's funny because on the iPhone, I don't know where anything's at. I always just swipe down and hit the first couple characters. So I'm more of like a search. That's true, except for me, my my homepage, which is the first screen, I guess, just has all of my most used apps on it. And so if I'm looking at it, it's got Slack, it's got Outlook, Google Maps, it's got Audible, it's got Pocket, SoundCloud, Amazon. Yeah. And then everything else I search for because it's... 
just too much stuff on the phone. What about yeah. you, Charles? How do you combat that? Yeah, I, I, I've had notifications off for years. I, I really wonder how many people we work with do that. Is that a common thing? Do most people do that, you think? Or is it is that a minority? Are we yeah, a minority here? Yeah, I don't know. Here? The older I get and the more that, that I become aware of sort of the downsides of these infinity apps, infinity services, where you could just get on Reddit, you can get on Twitter, and you could literally scroll forever. The more that I realize that those are harmful to me, at least more than helpful, I tend to get a little bit more aggressive about deleting stuff, avoiding stuff. But I don't know. I know a bunch of people who are the opposite. and It seems fine. Yeah, I can't handle notifications. I aggressively get rid of them, just like I do newsletters in my email. Like it, I still get emails. It's like, when did I subscribe to this? It's probably a decade ago or something and unsubscribe. I think probably recently I've developed a little more self-control around habitually checking email because when I was on vacation, it was pretty easy for me to just check Gmail and not the Outlook app. And I, those are the one's personal, the other one's work related. So I don't feel, I don't feel super compelled to leave my phone at home or to uninstall apps. Although I have done that in the past for sure. Yeah. And I like the idea of the light phone. So there's non iPhone, like really kind of dumbed down mm -hmm. cell phones, but actually iMessage is so integrated in everything I do. I just, that's the one thing I can't give up. And then I like having DoorDash and Uber. And you actually read this really interesting article over the break. That's kind of what gave me some of the motivation to delete those apps. But it's by this guy, Jake Knapp. He's an author. And he's been basically since 2012, turned his iPhone into sort of a dumb phone. And he was like an email junkie. When the iPhone came out in 2007, it was shiny, beautiful, cool. He really wanted one justified it by saying it's super productive, right? It's got email, it's got a web browser, serious tool for serious people. And then he's, he makes a really good point. It's like when you get this, just like that, instantly you sign yourself up for responsibilities you didn't have before to check and respond to email wherever, whenever, no pay increase, no new job title. Your company didn't even request that from you, yet you just opted into this whole nother level of distraction and responsibility. 100% self-inflicted responsibility is what he says. So it was interesting. I, I kind of did what, what he did. I just deleted a bunch of stuff. And he makes the argument that your cell phone is a like super cool futuristic gadget without the infinity apps, right? You can hail a car, you can use it as a flashlight, you can order food, you can do all these things that are non-addictive, that are tools for you to, to benefit from. And then he makes the argument that being distraction-free is a competitive advantage. This helps you do deeper work, helps you be more focused, helps you get stuff done yeah. if you're not constantly distracted. So we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, it's on Medium called Six Years with a Distraction-Free Phone by Jake Knapp. But it was really good. And so I tried to put that into practice while I was on vacation. Yeah, for, for me, at least, it, it's not the Infinity apps. It's the, oh my gosh, what if something happens to my kids when I'm gone and somebody needs to contact me? One of the things that even with all the notifications off that comes with having a smartphone on you the whole time is that um, you can connect with people at any time that you want and you can be accessed at any time that you want by picking up the phone and calling. I've had to do some just personal reckoning around if there is an emergency, I need to tell the people that need to know to call the retreat center, the, the landline, because mobile phones don't work. There's alternate ways to deal with the, the fact that 
you feel compelled to stay connected and you know accessible. For the longest time, I left my phone um, not on do not disturb while I sleep. It's like, well, what if somebody calls me in the middle of the night and I can't hear it and I don't wake up? I have a lot of anxiety around that. That really isn't needed. I don't know how it is on Android, but on iPhone, you can set do not disturb times and you can set special mm-hmm. ringtones for certain numbers and yep. you can say yep. this is like an emergency number. And so you can go and configure those things, but the settings are pretty deep in the phone. And to your point earlier, I just don't know that a lot of people do it. Yeah. Yet we all are distracted the same ways. Like we we handle distraction so poorly. I just think the the phones are so powerful. They become an easy coping mechanism instead of confronting the anxiety that we have around what if there's an emergency and my family needs to get in touch with me. We'd much rather just stay always on, always connected all the time. And Android, by the way, it, it does have the same things. If somebody calls me twice during Do Not Disturb, it'll go through like oh, the second yeah. time. That's, uh, you can set up certain people to go through and all that other stuff too. I think it's mostly at the point now where those features come out on Android first. One other thing I wanted to talk about. So I read this other article on vacation. These researchers studied the effects on employee health and well-being and how the role of vacation and the activities, experiences, sleep, and ability to savor experiences and, and positivity while you're on vacation, how those impact your mental health. And they say health and well-being. So, so this is an article on Springer Link research paper, Jessica DeBloom, and it's in the Journal of Happiness Studies. So this is fairly related to our PermaV series and has like a, a career work-life balance aspect to it. So I think it's, it's pretty applicable. Again, we'll put the link in the show notes. And they say health and well-being increases quickly during vacation and peaks on the eighth vacation day. So that's kind of an interesting takeaway that it takes eight days to peak and then you sort of get this stability and then you rapidly return to baseline level within the first week of going back to work. Charles, you you mentioned this earlier. If you go on a family vacation, which is different than a leisure vacation and you hurry, hurry, hurry all these activities one after another and you come back worn out, you actually probably are in a worse spot because all the benefits that you accrue that you receive while on vacation evaporate very quickly. There's like an idea of how to re-engage back into work slowly and set things up. If you know that that first week back is going to essentially kill all the positive health and well-being benefits you got from vacation, and you probably already spent a bunch of money, right? And you used a finite amount of vacation days that you have every year. There's probably some things you could think about doing as you re-enter that prolong that health and well-being, mental health and well-being benefit as you come back. And I think a lot of it has to do with not coming back to and jumping right back into it, but maybe take another day or two on the other end or block some time out on your calendar. So you're less busy when you come back, something like that. And I think we could put together a whole episode around strategies to optimize for time off, both in preparation and upon return. I, I think the short version that I would say is that it's very easy to just view time off as an escape, like from work, from current home situation, if you're traveling. And, and that's often when I think I don't prepare in advance and I try to cram everything in to the week prior so that way I can take some time off and then I don't think about coming back and reentering intentionally. It's when I'm just viewing it as an escape. Like I, I've been really trying to think about vacations are nice, time off is nice, but 
so is dead time. So is the time when I'm driving my kids in the car. Like we're not doing anything fancy. I can be happy in that moment too if I don't let traffic get to me and if I don't get annoyed that they want to play the same song over and over again on Spotify or whatever. I think I've just been thinking a lot about trying to be more intentional with whatever time that I have, even if it's not time off. The research backs you up. So passive activities and sleep, I think, so when you're passive, basically you're just not doing much of anything. Time spent on passive activities substantially increased health and well-being on vacation and so did sleep. But if you look at like social activities, that, those had basically no no impact, mm. right, hmm. on this study. So yeah. if you go into busyness, if you go into a large group of people, it is neutral at best, which is kind of interesting. And so physical activities as well, you know, it's kind of interesting. So if you go like kite surfing or whatever, that might actually not help you too much unless you really like it. So instead of cramming a bunch of experiences in, focusing on sleeping well, hanging out with the core people that you're there to be with anyway, and engaging in passive activities where you're just kind of like slowly, like slowing down your pace are all, at least from this research study, accretive to your your positive health. I've been really intentional around trying to maximize sleep, quality of sleep, schedule, discipline around going to sleep and stuff like that. And yeah, like it, and what prompted it was I had just traveled, driven late at night to get to a destination to visit my brother and his family in Little Rock and had cranky kids and I was cranky, you know, the next day. I was like, wait a second, this doesn't need to be this way. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to bed like at 7.30 or something, woke up the next day feeling incredibly refreshed. And from then on out, the whole trip was completely different in a positive way. Anyway, cool research. Look forward to reading it. Before you went to sleep and kind of reset, which I think was helpful in and of itself, you were really like rushed, hurried, right? Yeah. I, I think, I, I just can't, I can't think of any time where if you're in a rush, if you're in a hurry, good things happen. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that because we drove down to Galveston and I remember talking to my wife. I was like, hey, I, I don't really want to leave at the same time as your parents. I don't want to try to convoy with them because your dad's going to drive faster than I want to. I just, I don't really want to rush. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get a mm-hmm. ticket. I don't want to deal with that when I come back. The kids are in the car. Like, I I just don't really feel like rushing too much. And it was drizzling. I remember on the way down, like most of the way because of the hurricane, right? Yeah. And there were these cars just doing ridiculous things. And usually, I, I maybe I'm driving fast enough to where that doesn't seem as extreme, but they're like all this effort just to get in one, two cars ahead, swerving around while it's raining. Mm-hmm. And I remember what I was doing because I, di- I didn't really want to go any faster. So I, I remember I just took that time to like back off a little bit. And driving is one of those things where I really, I can feel myself getting worked up mm-hmm. because I'm always in a hurry and I felt less hurried. And it seems, I don't know, I felt like I, I, I took a five hour drive. The kids were great. We had a good time. And so I know that really helped is when everyone that you're with is all on the same page, but it just, it seemed like a better thing. And so I'm wondering if there's some kind of short circuit idea there around if you, if you're feeling hurried, like you, you got to just back off of that because nothing good ever happens. Totally agree. On the way back from my trip, I made it a point for myself. And then also with the kids, I was like, look, we're going to take our time getting home. And it's like, we're not in a rush. We got plenty of time. We can stop as much as we want to and need to. Let's just take our time. And that was the easiest five and a half hour drive that I've had with them 
ever. And in fact, it didn't actually take any longer. And yet it felt so much better because I just let go of this feeling of I need to get back to Dallas as soon as possible, which is not true. Yeah. Hey, Robert, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. That was, sorry, that was like some sort of weird mic disconnect or something. To me, there's two modes. And at work, I create like synthetic urgency because that's what helps me get stuff done. But when I take time off, I really try not to create any urgency whatsoever. And what that usually means is just being very adaptive and flexible about what I'm doing. And if I want to spend an extra time, an extra day staying in some city somewhere, I'll just go do that. And sometimes that involves some sort of waste. Maybe I'll, I won't get money back for a hotel room or something like that. But that's like a small price to pay for emotional and mental freedom to do things at a pace that feels right at the moment. And so I'm with y'all on that. Like as, as you're having the discussion and talking about taking the pressure off yourself or on that road trip saying, okay, we're just going to stop as many times as we want. And that's okay. There's nothing, there's, why are we in such a rush to, to get back to Dallas? I think is a, it's a really great question. And a lot of times uh, we're in this mode and we don't question it. And if you really step back and say like, hey, you know, maybe it doesn't need to be that way. It works out really well. And uh, I, I think that's the sort of stepping away that we can do a lot, not just on vacation, just in general. And I definitely, when I take time off, I try to be as loose as possible with like itineraries and stuff to do because... Just doesn't doesn't make sense to stress yourself out on vacation. Yeah, we should talk about that more. I like the idea, Charles, of having an episode on effective vacations because it, as we're thinking out loud about this, it does seem silly to invest to spend so much of a, the most finite resources we have, which are like vacation days in a year. Like we just don't get that many, and then to rush to try to get through and rush through a positive experience to get to another experience when you're already having a good time. You can eke a lot more out of fewer things, I think, than like quality over quantity kind of argument here. Mm -hmm. And then how to how to balance the bookends, I think, is so important. And that's not something I've thought about until, you know, what, this week, last week, which is not great. Like I, I took a lot, I've taken a lot of vacations in my life and, and I probably could have done them much, much better. You've spent so much time in a certain mode, Igor, like you said, it wasn't until I, I took my first sabbatical years ago for an extended period of time where I realized, I remember the first day back from taking off three months and jumping right back into a day full of, uh, it was a Tuesday. So we have a lot of internal meetings on Tuesdays. And after the first meeting, I felt sick to my stomach and I had a headache because of, I don't know, maybe it's overstimulation and also sensing kind of the urgency from others in the room. Because it was one of those management team meetings where we go around and we talk about important things. I was like, what am I doing? I, I need to rethink how I'm reentering. And so after that meeting, I just went home. Like I went home and I, I took the rest of the day off and, and then thought about, you know, do I really need to be in these meetings? You know, and I kind of declared calendar bankruptcy and then thoughtfully re-added them. Just like you will thoughtfully re-add and reinstall apps like as you need them and as you 
validate their worth. I, I think we can do that with our time whenever we come back from vacation as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Speaking of time, we're up on time. So I know y'all have a hard stop and so do I. So back to the rush. Good to see y'all. I'm glad everyone's back, recharged. I think next week, next episode, we'll talk about, we'll wrap up Nine Lies About Work and then we'll get into some of our future ideas as well. So ne- next couple series and, and things like that, which should be fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. All right, y'all. Well, have a good one. Great to talk to you. Yeah, take care. Great to talk to you. Bye. That's it for today. Thanks for joining. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WannaGrabCoffee or drop us a line at hello at WannaGrabCoffee.com. 